Listener Production. US stocks move higher overnight as investors brush off the Jackson Hole Symposium. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Tuesday ahead of a speech by Reserve Bank Deputy Governor Michelle Bullock and earnings from Zip. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Tuesday, the 29th of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, you know what stands out to me overnight for Northern Hemisphere markets? What's that? The normality. You, you wouldn't know that they've just navigated an important event. You've got uh, the US markets moving ahead by a decent clip, nothing that you'd mention in notes home, but Dow up 0.6%, S&P 500 similarly up by uh, 0.6%, the Nasdaq doing a little better, uh, up by around 0.8%, off its best levels when it was up by uh, around 1.1%. Interest rate markets, when you look around at uh, various jurisdictions, are basically just noise in terms of the movement for both long and short-term interest rates. Jerome Powell must be giving himself a pat on the back. Well, he certainly will be. He stuck to his script on Friday, Tom, at Jackson Hole. He said officials are prepared to raise rates further if appropriate, while stressing the central bank would proceed carefully. Of course, he'll be guided by the economic data, and we yep. have a treasure trove of that later this week. Indeed. So, given... All of that, the US Central Bank, led by Jerome Powell, has done quite a good job in terms of uh, its relationship with the markets and its communication. Big tick there to Jerome Powell on Friday. It's reflected in markets today. Of course, the data this week will reinforce the soft or no landing or disinflation pillars of the share market and the momentum around that later this week. So we did see the Dow Jones up by 306 points at its highs. It did lift in the end by 213 points. So it did lose a little bit of momentum, but broadly markets Just off their highs, the US stocks were a bit close. So in terms of the events of the day, I note that 3M has settled a rather substantial case. In fact, I'm underselling that a little bit. It's the biggest um, in US legal history. That's right. The industrial stock jumped 5% after Bloomberg reported that 3M had reached a tentative deal to settle all sorts over its combat earplugs. The deal will cost 3M more than $5.5 billion US dollars, according to the report. And of course, that had a big impact on its share price. Yeah, this litigious environment for 3M has really clouded their recent history. They have had a pretty dismal run of losses as far as the last five years are concerned. They've only had one decent outcome. That was in 2021 when they finished flat. Um, They're down 13% year to date. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not this ebbing of uh, busyness when it comes to their legal challenges, whether or not that starts to make a difference. Of course, we did see some other action with some particular names overnight. Goldman Sachs shares gained around 1.7% after the lender struck a deal to sell an investment advisory business to wealth management firm Creative Planning. Uh, We also uh, have got PayPal with a new CEO. This organisation has been a bit of an underperformer of late, so the hope is that uh, PayPal might hit its stride thanks to some new leadership. So that'll be uh, interesting to note. So PayPal today, just a little bit of a bump higher, nothing significant, up by around three quarters of a percent to $61.67 US per share. The other thing we saw last night was stocks tied to the semiconductor industry lift after US Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo discussed concerns about restrictions on American businesses, including Intel and Micron technology with Chinese commerce counterpart Minister Wang Wangtao. Micron shares gained 2.3%, Intel's shares rose 0.9%, NVIDIA was up 1.8% and Apple rose 1%. So that was also a big gain in terms of the US share market. Yeah, worth pointing out that uh, the 
U.S. Commerce Secretary is currently on a visit to China. Uh, you know, Janet Yellen has not long returned from China on a visit as well. So you know, you hear this conversation around a dysfunctional relationship between the U.S. and China, and you know, that's probably not entirely true. Uh, certainly, the underling secretaries and ministers are all getting together at the moment, and that may be representative of the fact that the U.S. president is obviously focused on the election next year and doesn't want to be seen to be getting too close to his Chinese counterparts at the moment. But there's a lot of action in China overnight or yesterday, Tom. We saw China harvest stamp duty on stock trading effective Monday in a latest attempt to boost the struggling market as a recovery sputters in the world's second biggest economy. And what we heard on Sunday was that the finance ministry was reducing the 0.1% duty on stock trades in order to invigorate the capital market and boost investor confidence. So we also saw China slow the pace of initial public offerings and further regulate major shareholders' share reductions. So they've lowered their margin financing requirements as well. So they're attempting to reinvigorate the stock market. It's the world's second largest stock market. A lot of people forget that. It is the world's, world's second largest economy as well. It's a very important capital market, but I mean, they're really turning up with wallpaper to uh, fix some <laughs> cracks in the wall, don't you reckon? Well, indeed, but we did see a response in Europe overnight. So we saw those China-linked European automakers and industrial stocks add 0.8% and 1.3% respectively. And then, of course, China exposed luxury heavyweights, LVMH, Kering and Hermes added over 1% each. So we saw European share markets up by the most in about a month, although the UK market was close to the bank holiday. But we did see the German DAX up 1%, and we did see at the same time the European Stock 600 Index lift 0.9%. The French market was up 1.3%, uh, and the narrower measure of uh, the top 50 stocks in Europe was up 1.4%. So... It was a good day, as you mentioned. Uh, ThyssenKrupp Nacera, you know what's interesting about that stock, Ryan? It is, uh, I suppose, analogous, not entirely so, but um, it's making a big foray into green hydrogen, uh, much like uh, Mr. Forrest is doing. And so it actually had quite a good uh, set of numbers overnight uh, where its third quarter figures were concerned. Sales almost doubled. Their EBITDA was up by close to 60%. Stock doing reasonably well, up by 1.1%. Commodity markets, Tom. So we saw a little bit of a mixed backdrop there overnight. We saw very, very thin trading in oil markets. So the US oil NYMEX price was up just 0.3% to 80.10 US dollars a barrel. And then we did see the Brent price, however, down by just 6 cents or 0.1% to 84.42 US dollars a barrel. While the moves were flattish overnight, we've got Tropical Storm Adalia is heading towards Florida. The potential for supply disruptions around this in the Gulf of Mexico and, and the like could lead to a lift in those oil prices. So there's a potential that Brent price could lift above 85 bucks a barrel on the back of this. In terms of the broader picture for commodities, you know what's interesting, Ryan, is that over the course of the last three or four weeks, you have seen a grind higher for the US dollar index as we have seen that improved economic news out of the US. And again, you know, these are the sorts of things that you just go and check after a big day um, like Jackson Hole. You know, you've actually seen the US dollar pull back a little bit. So it's down from its highs, not by much, but Again, just that indication that you haven't seen it surge off to the top side on the back of the power comments, that's important. 
And uh, just that moderation has been uh, able to give the commodities a little bit of breathing space. Absolutely. We saw gold futures up by 0.4% to 1946.80 US dollars an ounce. And iron ore futures, as you mentioned, grinded higher, up 0.1% to 108.31 US dollars a tonne ahead of the building season in September in China. So uh, it's going to be a big day for Australian markets. We've got weekly consumer confidence data issued. Also, at the same time, we have a host of earnings results, including Zip, which I'll talk about in a minute. But before that, Reserve Bank Deputy Governor Michelle Bullock delivers a speech. So she is speaking on climate change in central banks at the Sir Leslie Melville Lecture at the Australian National University in Canberra. So her comments will obviously focus on the environmental implications for the economy, including the transition to net zero, which is very important. Of course, while there aren't expected to be any surprises around monetary policy or her comments there, given she's the next governor and will take on the governorship from the 18th of September, all eyes will be on the public Q&A session which follows her speech. So that could potentially see some probing questions about where interest rates might may head from here. You know, and the interesting aspect of this enterprise is you could easily dismiss it as a discussion, you know, climate change and interest rates, but it has got the potential to be particularly inflationary. You know, the transition to to net zero, when you are uh, recalibrating the global economy in terms of what powers it, that could represent a very substantial uh, secular inflationary input, which has probably been under-discussed actually a very interesting topic. But at the same time, Tom, her speech comes at a time where we did see Australian retail sales rebound in July after a sharp fall in the previous month. And we did see nominal retail sales up 0.5% in July from June. Of course, Matilda's mania was a key factor in all this. We saw spending at cafes, restaurants and takeaway food outlets hit a record high in July. And that was linked to the FIFA Women's World Cup and school holidays. The other thing to note is this morning, We've also seen Seek, the online job ads company. It's released its latest advertised salary index. It was up 0.4% in the month of July. But the yearly change increased to 4.6% year on year to July. So that wages growth, particularly in the private sector, is, is much more solid than the wage price index we're seeing officially from the Bureau of Statistics. You're, you've been sniffy about the ABS numbers for a while, I know. So I have. So you'd be... Uh, seeing those seek numbers as a vindication of your thesis uh and interestingly you know you've had the retail stocks hold up quite well over the course of uh the last uh, week or so which is interesting under the circumstances tech stocks uh, took a decent knock yesterday you know wise tech has been punished following its earnings numbers lately i spoke to richard white uh, a day ago, we'll be publishing that, so keep an eye out on that. Look uh, out for his channels. jacket, it's very impressive. Or did he not have it on for the it interview? W- it was an impressive uh, leather jacket, but that was his travelling attire. So, oh, Richard, right. if you're listening, thank you very much for coming in. It was a really interesting conversation about a fascinating organisation, but the futures are pointing to a reasonable improvement, up by around 0.4 of a percent, having risen by 0.6 of a percent yesterday. Uh, still mindful of the fact that the ASX 200 is consolidating around this 7,100 to 7,000 area. Uh, tomorrow is the big day, of course, with the uh, latest inflation numbers in monthly terms to look at. So uh, that will be a very important session. I'm looking forward to that. Well, just quickly for today, Tom, as well, we've got a couple of earnings results. So what we did see overnight was mineral resources 
its underlying profit beat estimates. So that lithium stock could be in for a good day today. And just quickly on Zip, buy now, pay later operator. Zip has had a rough time, of course, over the last two and a half years. As you know, Tom, its share price has fallen about 60% in the last year. Its pre-released operating statistics suggest EBITDA losses might have worsened substantially in fiscal year 2023 versus 2022 with a potential $207 million loss. Revenue rose 15% to about $710 million, according to Bloomberg forecast, boosted by 7% growth in total transactions and $9.4 billion along with a spend per customer that jumped 30%, but likely to see cost savings from closing non-core businesses outside Australia and the US. And we have seen SIP already make decisions to exit its Central and Eastern European businesses. And there could be a big jump in impairment costs that may have hit 300 million, which is over 3% of transaction volume. So SIP has just $57 million worth of available cash and liquidity. So a lot of focus on its balance sheet today, Tom. Indeed, an important day for that organisation. So the Aussie dollar uh, is sort of going up by the stairs, having descended by the elevator in uh, recent days and weeks. So it's currently doing reasonably well at 64.3 US cents, in part reflecting that softness that we've seen in the US dollar as far as the last Northern Hemisphere session is concerned. Thank you very much for tuning in this morning. Please, if you've got uh, any suggestions on how we might bring more benefit to you through our conversations, we'd be delighted to hear from you in the comments. Even getting a letter, that'd be nice, wouldn't it, Ryan? Via pigeon. (laughs) Have a great day. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.